Welcome to the 100 Club. This is Tom and I'm joined again by Richard. The first round of action is in the books now for the 100 with all teams having played. What did we make of it? Well, you're about to find out. If you enjoy this content, please give us a like and a subscribe and we'd love to hear from you again in the comments section. Rich, how you doing? Good. I feel like I've watched a lot of cricket in the last few days. And there's even yeah. more to come. It is, it's been belt-fed. Uh, you took a little break this afternoon, though. You're looking a little drier than you were when we spoke to you at Lords. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite good. I still managed to catch quite a bit of the um, Birmingham Phoenix Manchester Originals women's and men's game. You know, we can chat about sunny Old Trafford this evening as well, as we will in yeah. due course. 25 degrees in Manchester, but that's not what we're here for. We're going to talk about, actually, the games <laughs> that preceded that game, uh, okay. which I'm... I'm, I'm terming round one. I don't know if the yeah. have come up with an official term for it. No, game week one in fantasy game. fantasy parlance. Happy with that. Okay, so it's the first games that every team has played. They've all finished their their their, um, their first round. Uh, I'm not going to be so crass as to put up a, a league table yet, but I am going <laughs> to. It's a bit early for that, but I am going to pull up some headlines from each of the game. We'll have a chat around it and see what we think. Uh, so yeah, let's start yeah. with some of the men's games first. Um, and so my first game was I want to talk about is the team that probably did the most impressively, which is the Trent Rockets. I think they, they certainly had the most convincing win as they yeah. uh, beat the Southern Brave. And it wasn't the big name stars. It wasn't Rashid Khan. It wasn't Joe Root necessarily with the bat or even Alex Hales, who got a golden duck. It was perhaps some of their squad depth. What did you make of that one? Yeah, I like the fact that you got Marshall Delanger pictured there. Uh, he was a late call up to the squad as a replacement for uh, Wahab Rias. I think he was on the personal recommendation of Lewis Gregory because he'd been doing very well down at Taunton um, to Andy Flower to draft him in the last minute. Um, and he bowled quick on Saturday. Yeah. He was getting up into the uh, you know, 93, 94 miles per hour. I particularly he, he definitely enjoyed... registered 94, definitely 94. Yeah, I, I particularly enjoyed where, the way he got rid of um, Colin de Grandhom. They set him up uh, with Marshall on the Langer bowling right arm round, uh, really sort of targeting, trying to tuck him up into the body. And, you know, de Grandhom sort of shuffled across his stumps, trying to flick him away to the leg side and ended up missing one and, and getting bowled. But I thought it was quite smart tactics and uh, de Langer bowled very well. Yeah, took four for um, bowling quick body line. I think you called it on the uh, on the Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, he's not someone you've always been that polite about. So he's done all right. No, he he showed what a good player he is, and like <laughs> we talk a lot of rubbish about a lot of players, uh, and always happy to be corrected when somebody plays well, and uh, then yeah, happy to admit I'm wrong. Yeah, and for the Southern Brave, they really didn't get started in their in their posting of a total. James Vince went off uh, just two balls uh, for zero for a duck. Um, so nothing too much to judge on them at this point. I'm sure they'll bounce back. Yeah, it was a difficult one because we'd had so much discussion around whether Trent Bridge was going to be the ground where you know the highest score was posted. If anybody was going to get 200, they were going to do it at Trent Bridge, people talking about. So I think we went in with very high hopes into that innings that the Southern Brave, who many people are tipping to to do very well in the competition, would post a very big score. So it came as somewhat of a surprise when uh, the Rockets restricted them to 126. But actually, it shouldn't yeah. come as a surprise to us because you know we chatted to Stephen Mullaney beforehand, and, you know, captain of Knots Outlaws, knows the pitch very well, and he said he was going to be talking to the guys about you know how you go about defending totals or, or bowling well at, at, at Trent Bridge, and obviously. 
he had a he had some good words for the for those guys. Just a ticket. Well, Joffre Archer probably going to come back very soon for the brave uh, for the um excuse me uh, the Southern Brave uh, very soon. Okay, next they, up then. They, they, just on. to finish on that one briefly, I don't know if you caught the pre-match interview that James Vince gave where they asked him about Joffre Archer. No, I didn't. His, resp on. his response was, uh, "To be honest, I don't really know where Joffre is." <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> very honest, but kind of bizarre. That is like, slightly, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like okay. Calling all stations. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone has seen Joffre Archer, please just point him in the direction of the Rose Bowl. He's he, he would be appreciated <laughs> by that team right now. Yeah. Okay. Second up, uh, let's let's keep it going. Uh, let's go for the the first men's game overall, which is the Oval Invincibles. Uh, and I think we called it because we did do a bit of a reaction to those those first games. Um, the Manchester Originals, I think, got shown up for their batting. Um, yeah. What do you think of that? Yeah, so for the benefit of those listening on the podcast, Tom's major point here is the experience of uh, the Over Invincibles exposed the lightweight originals batting lineup, and I think that's uh, I think that's fair. Um, Manchester Originals have quite a long tail. They have the very inexperienced um, Calvin Harrison coming in at I think seven in that game, mm. and it just showed in, in that particular um, matchup when Carlos Brathwaite was really kind of the lone batter at the end trying to chase down the uh, the oval target and sort of had to play within himself a little bit because he just he was aware there wasn't really any more batting to come so nothing more. I think, I think... Uh, and you you contrast that the oval invincibles they had you know the, the experience of sam billings hitting 40 odd uh then the current brothers both putting in a good performance with both actually bat and ball um just just showing a bit of coolness i think in what was actually a relatively um, novel, clearly, and high-pressure environment for a lot of those players. Yeah, Billings played very well. I think, was it 40-odd off, off 30 balls? You know, held that innings together. I, I would say one thing about the Manchester batting lineup. In, in I know that we're focusing on game week one the first time round, but this evening we've seen them beat Birmingham Phoenix hmm. by restricting them to a very low score. And in that case, they're sort of waiting to the, towards the bowling attack has really worked for them in terms hmm. of, you know, you're basically winning the game with the ball, so it just shows it's either, that yeah, it's either that or away. it's either that or just preparing an absolute disgraceful pitch. <laughs> uh, but you are ahead of us. That is Tuesday's uh, show, I suspect. So bite your tongue for now. Manchester yes. Originals showed up in game week one with a little bit of a, a lightweight batting lineup. In that occasion, at the Oval. Yeah, but and I don't know, and I don't know about you as well. I felt Carlos Brathwaite looked a little, little undercooked for me in that yeah. game. Yeah, and I mean, it's been an accusation leveled at him that maybe his, you know, his 2016 success in the World Cup has hidden actually not always the greatest performances from him. We'll see. Yeah. So third up on the men's side, we've got the Birmingham Phoenix against the London Spirit. And, and the story here, Chris Benjamin, the youngster. Well, I say youngster, he's 23, I think, 22. Yeah. Just come out of completing an accountancy degree uh, and was playing second team cricket following a bit of scouting and earned a, a contract with Warwickshire, I think it is, and straight up into the 100 on the back of an injury uh, and has, has, you know, produced a pretty spectacular innings in that first game to get the Birmingham Phoenix over the line. After a decent effort from the London Spirit, I thought that, you know, Zach Crawley's 60 was good, but uh, actually the, the, Phoenix, the, the Phoenix showed quite a lot of character in that game. Yeah, I thought the uh, I thought the spirit had posted a competitive total, as you say, yeah. kind of uh, pinned pinned underpinned by by Zach Crawley's sixty uh, odd. But you know, 
sports all about narrative and it's all about players. I mean, what a story. Chris Benjamin, he's played like two previous first-class games before that. I think one list A, and then he's played one blast game, did well in those, gets a call up to the 100, comes in, match-winning knock, including a... uh, you know, a reverse ramp for six. That was you know, some simply incredible shot. They Lovely. Like, yeah. Kevin Peterson going nuts in the commentary box, commentating on that yeah. one. Um, yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, stepping up on the big stage in uh, probably the biggest game he's ever played in. Yeah, uh, I think Murray and Ali did a lot on that in that game as well with the bat. You know, showed clearly what the class actor that, that you know gave it the captain's innings. Um, I don't think. Either of those teams look like winning teams to me. I don't know. We'll, maybe we should come back to that at the end, wh- whether there's a sort of a change to our predictions. But, you know, they looked decent, but we'll see how they get on for, for subsequent games. Yeah, I, I should say from a spirit perspective, Mohamed Omir bowled like a drain. I mean, when he was accurate, he looked quite threatening, but I think he had six or seven wides in that game, which is far too many at this yeah. level. Um, and also, I have to question Shane Warne a little bit in it because I read a pre-match interview where he was talking about the role that you know, look out for Mohamed Nabi. You know, Mohamed Nabi is going to play a big, big role for us. And in the end, he sort of comes in with, you know, about 10 balls left and no real time to do any damage. So yeah. I think one of my one of my kind of overriding themes for game week one is you've got to get your best players in at the right moments. Um, otherwise, there's no point, you know, big hitters coming in at 95 balls. It's just wasted. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think we're going to see some tweaks to these batting lineups. I don't think they've been reactive enough in that sense yet. Um, the fourth game, the final game in the men's side was the Welsh Fire against the Northern uh, Superchargers. Uh, and that was probably the pick of the games in, in uh, round one. Uh, the Welsh Fire held on uh, despite the best efforts of the young Harry Brook, who we featured as our young uh, uh, young player to watch in that team. Uh, a tremendous knock from Johnny Bairstow. Um, probably just did enough and and, they, and it was probably yeah uh, the most entertaining game what do you reckon of that one yeah well it was certainly the most high, high scoring of the round um mm. i think the welsh fire posting 173 and then the uh, northern superchargers coming up six short what sort of struck me about that game is that there weren't really big partnerships in it but there was quite a lot of cameos along the way so you know best up top had 50 odd you know, Glenn Phillips went quickly. Jimmy Neesham had, you know, 30 odd off, not very many at the end, and that got them up to 170. And then obviously the Superchargers didn't quite have anything up front, but you had Harry Brook with that big, big contribution. And then, you know, Matty Potts towards the end, and I think Brian yeah. Cast as well was into double figures, got them close. And maybe that just shows you don't necessarily have to have, to have the big partnerships. You know, four or five cameos can be enough to get you to a big score. Yeah. I think uh, we should give an honourable mention to Kai Samad uh, for yeah, his absolutely. bowling. Uh, really, really good stuff. Took it, took, took his uh, his four and um, was it four five? Yeah, four, 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 four in that one. Yeah, but looked very Sorry. threatening. Yeah, and um, and just yeah, absolutely taking the wickets at just the right times to hold back. And what we haven't seen in any of those games yet, and I'd probably extend that to the women's as well, is just two batters taking the hundred balls themselves or really getting a ninety sort of odd balls and, and just taking a, a team apart. That's... No, we haven't seen that yet. Maybe the pitchers haven't allowed them to do that yet. I mean, you, you mentioned sort of the, <laughs> the graveyard at Old Trafford this afternoon. Yeah. We'll talk about that more on Tuesday. But I think actually the, the pitches, with the exception of Headingley, um, all offered a little bit for the bowlers going through, yeah. which I personally don't mind. I don't mind it. Uh, a lot of exciting cricket happens in lower scoring games. That shouldn't be denied, um, you know. 
no problem with it. And I'd also probably not throw the blame at groundsman um, at this point because a lot of uh you know the weather considerations in this country at the moment is actually probably just baking out the ground a touch and causing some of the difficulties yeah it's been tricky with a lot of hot weather sorry a lot of wet weather followed by hot weather you know it's been it's been difficult to to create good surfaces yeah um but that's fine the cricket's still been good quality so should we have a chat about the women's competition yeah please do and we'll, we'll start with the obvious which was the opening game and i know again we've we have spoken about this on this channel already but um, what a what a start for the tournament and the Oval Invincibles absolutely did uh, did their part along with the Manchester Originals of, of course in terms of showcasing what this format can do and it was all about Dan Donovan and Kirk in the end with a tremendous knock to uh, to come, overcome some quite long odds actually and, and chase down the total. Yeah, that's right. I think the Manchester Originals probably would have been happy coming off at halfway with their you know scoring scoring the one thirties. Um, they had chances. Uh, in the field, um, three big catches being put down. Um, yeah. I think they would probably look back at that as sort of one that got away. But you know, Vanny Cook did what she needed to do, and it was a also a lovely little uh, knock at the end from Maddie Villiers coming in number yeah. seven to, uh, to 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 bring it home, including that huge six over long on to to really sort of bring the equation down to something very manageable for the last set of five. So, no overall surprised me in that game. They played well, and um, and obviously did well enough to to sort of win again to, today so you know two and oh going into uh the the next phase of the tournament i dare say the um the organizer of the tournament couldn't have been more delighted with the quality of what they saw on that on that game in terms of the excitement and the crowd they got in and the viewing figures and everything else it's done probably a huge amount of good for the tournament as a whole yeah i think it was an excellent showcase for the women's game they got seven and a half thousand in i think for that one as a standalone game and obviously it's difficult to judge going forward because they're double headers but you know i was at lords today there was thirteen thousand in for the, uh, the women's half. game thirteen and a half thousand and i think that that's the highest but i mean there's been at least sort of six or seven thousand in for each of the the women's games so far at the yeah. different grounds and i think that will continue because it's uh it, it's an entertaining product yeah so i think i did see and again forgive me if my figures are slightly off but i think the two women's games today had a combined attendance of something like twenty nine thousand. If, if they, if, you know, depending on who's counting, twenty nine thousand, the entire Kia Super League in a year had a, a, an attendance of twenty seven thousand. Fantastic, yeah, yeah, it just goes to show how how, how good yeah. a level of exposure this competition is giving to women's cricket. Yeah, and it's still on the uh, YouTube uh, Sky Sports cricket app. I don't know if you need a VPN, depending on where you are around the world, um, yeah. to maybe get on that. But again, there was a good, healthy amount of people streaming it on there as well. So it's a bit of international presence as well. Um, next up on the women's side, um, let's talk about another fantastic game, which was the <laughs> Welsh Fire versus Northern Superchargers game. Those, that double header was really a tremendous uh ticket to get hold of and, it, and the story was all about Jemima Rodrigues hitting form with a, a frankly a breathtaking 90. It was a tremendous knock um, you have to look at the circumstances um, the team were 19 for four chasing 130 she was probably the last established batter at that stage um, one thing I know sort of talked about in the video earlier today that I noticed watching the, the two women's games live is that there's a there's a fielding approach that's employed whereby four fielders are being pushed out on the leg side boundary and five are in the ring on the offside yeah. as a way of sort of dealing with the fact that in, in a women's game you can only have four outside the circle what Rodriguez did was that she was hitting through extra uh with power both over over um 
on the ground and through the air as well. So by opening up the offside, she was thereby able to sort of access the boundary in a way that other players simply haven't so far in the tournament. And then once that happened and they started having to put people out on the offside, then she could go leg side because there was more gaps over there. So it was really smart batting. And there were a couple of really like deft cuts in that innings as well. Really classy cricket shots. Yeah, she wins the cricketer of the round for me for that knock. Um, tremendous accuracy, placement and power. What a great, what a great performance that was. Um, and, and a very exciting game as well. Um, yeah. Moving on then. Darwin Milan for me. No, I'm of course, it's Jimmy Rodriguez. There are other contenders out there, uh, but that's, that's my vote. Um, the next women's game was uh, that I want to talk about was the London Spirit against the Birmingham Phoenix. And this was very much a different sort of th affair in that I didn't think there was a standout performer, although I put Naomi Dutani on the screen there with a picture. Played well. Actually, that was a, a team effort from London Spirit to overturn what was a decent effort by the Birmingham Phoenix. Um, but I think, you know, with a bit of pluck, frankly, uh, that they got there. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, you described it well. It was a real team effort. I think, um, as people might not know, Tammy Beaumont is joining up with the team from game three onwards um, because of COVID protocols. She'd been to a family event and couldn't play in games one or two. So Naomi Tatani's had the chance to open the batting and she you know, took that chance in the opening game with a very aggressive knock that got London Spirit up to the rate that they needed to be at. And they sort of maintained that momentum through, even though they lost wickets. I was quite impressed by the partnership between Amara Carr and Charlie Dean towards the end in that yeah. they really basically, it was kind of a tip and run partnership. They ran incredibly hard, put Birmingham Phoenix under a lot of pressure in that in that game. And then when the boundary ball came, they were allowed, they were, they were able to put it away. But they but by by running so hard, they they kind of really made sure that the rate didn't get a, get away from them. Yeah, uh, Amara Khan in particular caught my eye. I actually enjoyed as well the the um, the Deandra Dot in innings at the start as well. Did it you know enough as the international star coming and learning the game? Um, and I want to talk actually next about another uh, West Indian star of the game. Actually, all of the West Indies had a decent uh, first round. Um, Hayley Matthews yeah. did as well. Uh, but of course, Stefani Taylor did, you know, uh, did a number, I would say, on a pretty lacklustre attempt <laughs> and chase from the Trent Rockets women. Uh, and I'm sure you've got some opinion on that. But Stefani Taylor absolutely living up to the star billing and, and with both bat and ball. So I think you're right that no partnership has really taken uh, kind of the 90 to 100 balls by the scruff of the neck. But mm. as close as we saw was probably Stefani Taylor and um, Anya Shrubsole coming together when yeah. the, the Southern Brave were in a bit of trouble and they put on, you know, 70 odd uh, to get get the uh, the Brave up to a decent total. Um, Trent Rockets were sort of going reasonably well early on, but they just sort of seemed to get themselves, you know, bogged down and then eventually, you know, lost, the, you know, sort of, I think Catherine Brunt was promoted up the order and the experiment didn't quite work. Um, you know, she was going striking at sort of 60, 70. Uh, and they'd left themselves too much to do down the back end. And once Siver and Brunt were out in a handful of balls, it was always going to be very difficult for them. So I think it was sort of very kind of different to the London spirit chase against the Phoenix. And they just didn't get the pace of the chase right at all. No. And I, you, you might want to point a question there at coaching or a captaincy in a sense. And they did peter out. There wasn't uh, the aggressive uh, nature of the chase. And, and actually they left some cards on the, on the bench, not least, our very good friend, Catherine Bryce, who I say I have a good friend of, 
former interviewer at least, um, <laughs> yeah. who, um, who, you know, <laughs> who didn't get a bat despite being, you know, a very talented bat. And, well, she did. Know, she got gold on duck, but I think I think she came did in. She? With the, yeah, she came in for the last. Oh, it was, it was all but done by that point. Yeah, yeah. No, right. it was it was literally it was literally the hundredth ball, and uh, she tried to smear it and got yeah, gold. But right. there's there's was nothing to be done at that point. But yeah, she's right. highly rated batter, and she just didn't get an opportunity to impact that game with the bat. I need need to pay more attention to my friend's activities or <laughs> Right. Okay. So. Overall, eight uh, games of cricket, differing qualities, different um, characteristics to a lot of those. Is there anything that you sort of picked out on the stat side or anything that you think is worth raising at this point? No, I think, I think we talked a little bit about um, what pass scores would be before the tournament. Um, we focused a little bit more on the men's side. Um, and I think I said I was talking around about the 140 mark. Um, I think as teams get used to the, to the format and you know, providing the pitches are okay and not like we saw Old Trafford today. I think I would nudge that slightly higher now. I think sort of mm. 145, 150 feels a bit like a kind of a, a good score on a good pitch. And for the women's side, I think sort of 125, 130 is is, is pretty competitive um, that we've seen so far. I'm not going to go digging through all our previous episodes to understand our predictions of what we said about anything. Not least because I know, and I'm acutely aware, that a lot of my predictions are absolutely falling flat on their faces. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sure you're adapting the model as necessary. Um, we've got uh, another busy uh, couple of days coming up. And come the close of Tuesday, we'll be through round two. Yeah, so, no, I think... I think was, was... I think that by yeah by by close of Tuesday, I think we'll have a fair idea of who the favourites are, uh, who's really struggling. I still think it's going to be very competitive. I think everybody's going to be taking wins off each other. Um, yeah. And like I said, I think the the top teams are going to be finishing up with you know, you know six for an exceptional team, but maybe sort of five wins. And I think the bad teams are still going to you know pick up you know three wins. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be ebbs and ebbs and flows going forward. Yeah, and for instance, in the men's table at the moment, you know, of the teams that have played twice, no one's won twice. We clearly that's slightly unfair on the on the no result uh, mm. affair today. But um, you know that might open a chink for say Welsh Far and Trent Rockets who have yet to play in the second round. So we'll see where they get to. But it, as I say, very early days, and we do think this is going to be very close. Um, so plenty to go for. Um, I've enjoyed that canter through. Um, I think we've got a lot of cricket to look forward to. Rich, it's been a real pleasure chatting to you. As always, Tom. Enjoyable. Will do. Uh, and I will do one thing, which is say thank you to everyone who's been putting comments on the videos. I'm really appreciating those. We do try our best to, to respond. I've, I've got one which I need to get on with tomorrow, which is getting back through the squad profiles and actually just putting the finalised lineups there. So if you do need to find any players, you should be able to see them on our profiles. But uh, please keep it up and uh, keep, keep engaging with us. We're loving it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cool. Take care. All right. Have a good night and we'll see you soon here on the 100 Club.